Hi, this is Pastor Emily McGinley from Urban Village Church, Hyde Park, Woodlawn. If you've been to UVC, you'll know that we seek to be three things, bold, inclusive, and relevant. We know that there are countless folks across the country and out there in podcast land like yourself, seeking a message that will bring insight, hope, encouragement, and joy as we do this thing called faith. Please consider making a financial gift to help us with this work of inspiring, equipping, and sending out agents of gospel life and inclusive love. Just go to www.urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening, and God bless. Our passage for this morning comes from Acts 2, there's 37 to 47. Listen for what God is saying to you. When the crowd heard this, they were deeply troubled. They said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Change your hearts and lives. Each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for your forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God invites. With many other words, he testified them and encouraged them, saying, Be saved from this preserve." Perverse generation. Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized. God brought about 3,000 people into the community that day. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day, they met met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. May God add a blessing to the hearing and living out of this scripture. you for reading for us. Good morning, everyone. My name is Marche, um, and I have the pleasure of filling in for Pastor Emily as she's on sabbatical and resting, and so um, thank you for continuing to uh, worship with me in this way. my printer broke this week, so I'm using my iPad to try to get, get through this, but it's like cracked, so bear with me. <laughs> um, so we are continuing our series um, of flux, life, life in transition, um, and the theme this week is about hope. There is this word um, called ashe, um, and it's something that has been sitting with me uh, for the last years and months. I mean, it's been something that's particularly been empowering in the midst of my own transition, moving to Chicago, doing a master's degree, and then continuing in a PhD program. In Ashe, it means uh, power embodied in all creation. So womanist pastoral, or womanist theologians um, often gather. So womanist theologians are people, uh, theologians who think about God and 
dream about God and, and create about God through the perspective of black women. Um, and oftentimes in these gatherings, in, in place of amen, they'll say ashe. Um, and it's like a West African view of God's power embodied in creation among us. West African, West African ashe is like how the Holy Spirit moves and develops within us. So when you're greeted and someone says ashe, what it means is the creator and creation given power in me sees and acknowledges the creator and creation given power in you. So this morning, I greet you with ashe. Ashe is creation and power embodied. And I think that communities in transition need a little bit of Ashe. And in this, in this scripture, we see it through the lens of the Holy Spirit joining this community and breathing life in them and them starting something new. We see this mutually acknowledged power which activates this community. Um, it is the spirit of hope, uh, that re-enlivens this community to come together. So Acts 2, um, which was read for us, is on the tail end of Peter's first sermon. And the city itself is crowded. There's tons of people in town because they're there for the Feast of Pentecost. Um, sometimes it's known as the Feast of Weeks. And the disciples have been waiting for this promise that they got from Jesus that the Holy Spirit would come. It came, it fell on them, and they're all speaking. Um, and so all these Jewish folks who've come into town um, are hearing this message from Peter in their own language. And so you have this image of all these people here. It's a crowded, huge city. Imagine, I mean, we just had the, what was it, the water show, air and water show, um, just this week. So like, Everything just gets packed, and there's people everywhere. Um, and it's a, it's a group of Jews who are living there, but they're also these diasporic Jews who've come from out of town. And so they're hearing this for the first time, and Peter follows this sermon by saying something that's a little bit harsh, and it's harsh towards them, but at the same time, it's kind of not, because you think, like, a lot of them are from out of town, so are you really talking to us? But what he says to them is, uh, the Holy Spirit, um, so it descends on these people, and he says to them, God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And so we pick up, and of course, they're looking like they're really troubled, right? So the scripture starts with them saying they are deeply troubled. Um, and what they do is they say, well, what must we do? Um, and it's kind of like Joel and his testimony as he's transitioning, he's thinking about, how are things going to be different in this transition? What must I do to be the parent that I want to be, right? There's um, a sense of asking questions amid transition of, what do I do? And sometimes it's anxious and bewildering, um, but it is the question. Communities in transition are often anxious, and they're trying to figure out, what do we do? How do we live in this new world that we've now discovered? And so these, this Jewish community is like that. And it's not just these Jews who are hearing this for the first time who are in transition as well. 
But we also have this Jesus community who's also in transition. Jesus has died, they've been waiting, and now they are baptized in this Holy, Holy Spirit, experiencing something they've never experienced before. And these diasporic Jews are now enveloped within this community as the numbers get added, um, as they respond um, and say yes to this transition. So they are affected by the Holy Spirit. They're affected by Ashe, the Holy Spirit's creative work within communities. So where we pick up, first, the Jesus followers have a new Holy Spirit experience. Jesus is gone. They've been waiting. Now they're baptized. And these diasporic Jews also hear, and they come, and they gain this new interpretation, and they join. And like all transitions, there's a little bit of anxiety, dismay, um, and they want to know what we do. And Peter gives them a lesson on transition. Peter responds and they say, and he says to them, repent. And then we see this community unfold. And it's easy to look at this community and see what happens, and we see it as like this manual for how Christian community should be. They live into these crazy ideals of sacrifice, um, of giving of, to those who have needs. But I wonder if what this actually teaches us, um, instead of crazy ideals to strive for, I wonder if it teaches us what God is capable of in the midst of transition, if we lean in, how the Spirit can breathe new life, new vision into a people and unfold new things before them. So instead of them saying, earlier in the passage, people were like, they're drunk, they dismiss it, and they go on. This community says, what must we do? How do we respond in this transition as you present new things happening for us? And I think the hope of this passage is that there is a solution, but it has nothing to do with them. Now, it involves them, that's for sure but it has nothing to do with what they're capable of. I wonder if even sharing in the needs of people is the perfect solution in their own context, right? You have these diasporic Jews who come into town. They join this community. I imagine that some of them probably went back, but some of them probably also stayed and stayed and joined this community. Therefore, they had needs, right? There were people who came from out of town. And so the creativity that is inspired in this community is not just this mandate of what should be, um, how to be sacrificial, but it is the creativity of God in the context of this particular community. And I think sometimes it's easy uh, for us to like, look at this and want it to be like, okay, here's the exact way to sacrifice Here's the exact way to give. Um, because a mandate like that, it's easier for us to feel like we're in control. Um, but a big picture of God, creator, at work in a community, inspiring them to do things that they would never think of, is a little bit of a crazy ride. The former, um, it, as a mandate, makes us feel secure. It's something we can measure. We can measure devotion. We can measure sacrifice. We can measure giving. But the latter means leaning into transition. It's a creation narrative embodied in our own transitioning community. It is saying, I see 
the creator God in me sees what creation is doing in you and says, Ashe, I see you. It inspires creativity that is to meet the unique needs of a particular community. Peter invites them to change both in thought and behavior. Um, even among these devout Jews, uh, they have to be willing to, who, who are willing to leave and to travel, they're invited um, into this community of both belief and to embody something different. It strips away the familiarity of what they've known um, and invites them into something that is new. And what's happening in this community is relatively intense when you really think about it. And he invites them to join them first to be baptized. Um, and some scholars say that baptism, while familiar among the Jews, was actually something that happened at home and it was a private thing. And so to have this communal sense of baptism is actually a way to embody transition and change by making a step into something new, something unfamiliar, something strange, even on the first act. So this new people doing this public response, it is an embodied picture of transition that leads to a creativity of mutual response in this community. This joining of something new is destabilizing to their traditions, traditions that may have gone on from generations. Uh, these, this group of people have come into town for something that they probably do every year. It's a massive shift in their understanding of God and God's work amongst the people. And this community itself is building while it's transitioning. So there wasn't like a, here's the rule book, here's exactly what you do, but they're building as they're going. And I wonder how they got through it. Were they anxious? Were they afraid? The scripture doesn't tell us much about their emotions beyond the beginning when they're deeply troubled. Um, but I know that myself in transition, anxiety is usually the first thing that happens. Uh, fear, a little bit after that. Uh, I don't even know what else. Any other feelings you guys feel in transition? <laughs> Anxious. Um. Yet, I believe a new community that is marked by hope, um, joy, change, generosity, they're anchored in God's love, anchored in God's purpose. And this type of hope has a marking. It shows us what a community is capable of, uh, capable of when they lean into transition. We see mutual devotion engenders communal mutuality, giddy sharing of goods, self, time, and welfare for all. There's a New Testament professor, Matthew Skinner, who speaks about this community, and he says, thing, he says it in this way. The Im this image represents the best of what God's people are capable of. In the power of the Spirit, the description given in Acts 2, 42 through 47 suggests the Holy Spirit can, what the Holy Spirit can do. These verses do not lay out rules or specific structures for Christian living. In their context, it indicates the reign of the resurrected Lord, Jesus Christ, creates the potential for mutual service that embodies God's justice. And so we see when the Holy Spirit comes, there is creation for the potential of a community to be and to express its best. 
in leaning in, we see the best of this community. Another um, theologian, Mark Ayer, Margaret Ayer, do, says it this way. For Luke, the early church is, is an idyllic society marked by shared meals and prayers, awe and reverence, portents and signs, communal sharings, and redistributive economics, ritual, faithfulness, joy, goodwill, and growth. Such pro- portraits point to Luke's ideal. Ideals and hopes embodied and reflected in this community in transition. Amid transition, hope flows on us like the spirit, freely, radical, such that our bodies crash against other bodies in such a way that needs are met radically and sacrificially. And not as a mandate, but a creation for this context. It is Ashe that says, the God creator in me sees what God is doing in you. And this divine creation happens in that context. Holy Spirit, breath, is creation embodied. Like a revivification of communities. This creation does not give us mandates for how to be community, but fills our imaginations with what God embodied in community looks like. It disempowers injustice in our own context, in our own time. It's not dull list of activities, but it disempowers injustices like heteronormativity and patriarchy. And it power, empowers us for the dismantling of structures that keeps communities policed and in poverty and certain bodies seen as legal while others are seen as illegal. I wonder what our community in transition looks like. What does the shaking up of our norms and our traditions mean for us as we lean in to what God is doing? How can transition leave room for the divine imagination of Ashe embodied? I believe that transition has the potential to leave room for the Holy Spirit to come in our midst and create something new among us. Create new resources, new ideas against the death-dealing structures in our communities, in our society. What if this transition, if God wants our community to reimagine, to breathe new life, into our country, into our state, into our city, into our neighborhood? What if the merging of pastoral resources that's happening, like the merging um, that happened on the Feast of Pentecost with these diasporic Jews in this small Jesus-loving community, gives room for revivification of new creation in our midst? Peter calls this community to repent, which literally means a radical change of mind. How might our minds need to be changed? Our world, our country, our city, our neighborhood needs the spirit-inspired creation that is mutually devoted to breathe ashe. The breath is the best way, this breath is the best way for this community to transition. It creates a response to the death dealings of police brutality, of killing of black trans women, of refugees at our borders, or on planes. It breathes life 
into the places where laborers uh, who work, who are raided um, by ICE at work, and the children who are left uh, with no parents when they go home. We need this type of creativity, uh, a hope that fills a community to respond against the death dealings of systems with an embodied Holy Spirit given Ashe. I wonder what our community would look like if we wait and lean into transition and see the creativity that rises among us. Would you pray with me? Spirit, breath, new life. I pray that you would breathe new life into this community. Create a new a community of Ashe. May your spirit come and move among us. Would holy imaginations grow in the places where we work? Would it not just stay in this room, but would it show up in our neighborhoods, with our neighbors, with our kids, with our communities? Would we be able to lean into transition such that we expel the death-dealing systems in our midst? May we be a community amid transition that is open to being mutually devoted and Holy Spirit-empowered. Breathe creativity into your people. Amen and Ashe.